1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The match ball. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hello. And I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Oh, that was, um, that was a grind. Let's start on a positive note, and let's pick out the positives from that game, uh, because they were few and far between. So let's talk at least for 15 minutes about Luke Ayling's hair. Yeah, that was good. It was precious, was good. because there's precious little else. It was only, what, 15 seconds, I guess we
2: saw it on screen, bouncing around. There knees. was
1: more of it. I was doing my nut with you two, because you were watching, oh, Stuart Dallas has got the ball on his slip. Never mind that. The other side of the pitch, one of the most magnificent sights in all nature. I was expecting, for some reason, I've got David Bellamy in my mind. I don't mean him. I mean David Attenborough. I was expecting David Attenborough to start commentating elbow Andy Hinchcliffe out the way and he would come in and say, here we have the magnificent Bill. It was beautiful. uh, He should play like that all the time. It changes the aesthetic experience of the game so much in a match that was so horrible in every level. If it Just imagine every time in the second half when Ayling was just on the screen, that hair would have just been bouncing freely around his shoulders. It wouldn't have mattered that John McGinn was whinging on the grass all the time and that he, he got his book of yellow cards out and started taking names because the referee was too short to handle the match himself. Irrelevant, because Luke Ayling would have been wonderful. He should play like that all the time. It was upsetting to me when he put his bobble back in.
0: Regarding David Bellamy, that's a a reference that not everyone may be fully au fait with. You might want to have a little um, YouTube around. have a word with Chad? His his website seems to feature quite a lot of videos, so if you can find one of Bellamy. Bellamy, by the way, he was a naturalist, wasn't he, from years back, 80s, 90s. He opened the new science building in my school, um, and that's all I've got to say about David Bellamy, really. He was good.
1: He was kind of like he was David Attenborough for kids, wasn't he? You can tell not much happened in this game. It, it well, was, lots happened. It was just all annoying, so it's better to just. How many, how many actual hairs do you think Luke Ayling has? <laughs> Should we name them all? Um, the other good thing was uh, Meslier
0: going up at the end. That was a the, probably one of the only thrilling moments of the game. I enjoyed him standing there as if he was
2: about to defend the corner with his arms in the air. That was a nice touch.
1: I've never seen him look so confused. He's he's quite confident in his own penalty area, but up there it seemed like it. It this is going to be a good idea, and then he got there and he's like. No, I do not know what to do.
0: (laughs) I wanted him to score a header and then, in the same motion, dive into the net and catch it when it was over the line. So it's not handball because you're allowed to do Mm. it when it's off the pitch, when it's in the goal, just to spite Martinez. But that little flight of fancy never came to pass because Martinez just caught it, didn't he?
1: Yeah. And then he, uh, Melier, viciously assaulted the back of Ming's um, imaginary leg. I mean, we're recording. Just moments after the final whistle is gone, he'll be on his way to hospital. Uh, well, yeah, I and
0: mean, we've turned the telly straight off. So we, Lord only knows. I mean, if I think they switched the coverage off, it was yeah. it was too harrowing was for like, people um, to see
1: those horrible scenes. The, the
0: horse racing moment—they bring the curtain out.
2: Or like David Boost, you know, Peter Schmeichel was being sick on the pitch because yeah. there was
1: such horrors. Uh, probably that Emil Martinez would be being sick as well, but I think he's he's probably on his way to hospital too. He'll be in his own and his own ambulance because
2: well, he was being a, a we saw him drugs cheating live on air, didn't we? Pumping himself full of steroids or whatever it Probably. was.
1: Probably. Yeah. Popping pills. There was uh Zamo was.
0: <laughs> Christ, Moscow. Please give us a chance to connect with millennials and, G- and Gen Z. On his way
1: to make a, um, to make a song about it. So just please, say no.
0: Just somebody explain to you. If you don't know who Zamo is, <laughs> it's a, it's a niche reference but yeah
1: alright a bit more up to date Saved by the Bell when again was it or it was um, older than you realise I can't remember which one it was but she was addicted to caffeine pills wasn't she and she started crying did you see that Screech um, passed away didn't he as well bless him
0: was he watching that game as well <laughs> boom boom etc I don't know it was awful I met Screech actually did a nightclub PA in Leeds that I hosted was he good um, Was it more fun than that game? He was really good. He was a really nice bloke, actually. And I, I was a little bit sad um, that he passed away. But I've uh, I've dragged the conversation that was supposed to be lighthearted down to the level of the game, haven't I? I've just realised I've done that.
1: So mm. yeah, You've I've, taken it into the corners yeah. and there's still 20 minutes I've, to go. I've
0: got into the cul-de-sac. My lorry's too big and I need to reverse the hell out of here right now. Well, we've now.
1: done the two. We've done uh, Luke Ailing's hair roll, to, to be honest. I think there's more we could get out of that. We've got Melier at a corner. Rafinha still remains to discuss or yeah, be discussed.
0: He did, did do some good skills in that in the first half, but it didn't really come to anything, did it? And well? missed
1: our best chance.
2: Yeah. Shite, didn't <sighs> <isn't it? Get laughs> rid- he? That header was the chance, wasn't it? But mm. well we didn't in a game where we didn't really create anything, did we? The, the the two chances in the first half were basically identical where strikers fell over while trying to shoot and ours fell to Roberts, who no, it was that was Rafinha, it was as, old, Rafinha wasn't it? So, as well. Yeah, but the fact, that he couldn't quite reach it, whereas El Ghazi could and he scored.
1: I mean, I was going to, to praise him to say that pretty much every touch of Rafinha's, particularly in the first half, was like an oil painting. But yeah. you've actually convinced me that um, it should have been him off for Jackie and Helder Costa should have stayed on um, because Rafinha. The sooner we sell him, the better. We'd, be lucky, the we'd be lucky to get our money back on him, to be honest. <laughs> Bloody hellfire. Yeah. I thought he, I mean, he did his, some really good things. His end product, Um, I think everybody's end product was, well, we didn't score, so you can't say anything good about anybody's end product, but there was nothing, um, nothing was there. He's got beautiful silky skills and some of the things he was doing, there was one in the first half in particular when he dashed into the box and you could see, and this is no criticism of Pat Bamford, but you can see Bamford was trying to take up a position in the six yard box of where, there might be a cross so we could finish off a chance but you could sort of tell from Bamford's movement he did not have a clue what Rafinha was about to do and he was trying to go maybe if I go there, No no he's doing that what's he doing oh I'm going to have to go over here because it just it was impossible to and maybe you know if Messi was playing he would have been the one to go I've got this I get you on the same wavelength but every other player just had to go like we'll just wait you do whatever and then when you finished like try to put the ball somewhere where we are and they'll get it. But having Rafinha in the team will improve Bamford on things like that because they'll practice it in training and he'll tell him exactly where he wants him to go. But there was just that. It just made me laugh of, I think um, Stuart Dallas had it as well, where he just he just had to stop and watch him do it and <laughs> kind of be like, I really don't know what, what you're expecting this this to end up as. So we'll wait for you to do your thing and hopefully be ready at the end of it. It's fun. It's fun. I, he's very good. He's very the only, the, the only downside to that, I think, is that
0: it, with a game that was as much of a grind as that was, you watch it and think, oh, I can't wait until we've got more players who are up to his level and of that standard that can turn games and break down teams like that. So it ended up as a source of frustration. I thought he's dead good, but he needs more dead good players around him. But I, I again, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're supposed to be trying to enjoy the journey. And actually, you know, we do, uh, we do the feature what's wrong with the Premier League on the main podcast. That there is what's wrong with the Premier League. Um, and it's absolutely within Villa's gift to play how they want to play. And it got them three points. So we, you know, who are we to, to judge it? But it's absolutely fair to say that there are so many teams who set out to do what they did tonight in the Premier League. And that's what makes it a shit spectacle a lot of the time. Um, and like I say, it's, it's their right to do it. They're doing well in the table. And it, if it served them well tonight, it got three points off us. Fine. Um, we are, you know, we've got loftier, artful ambitions, haven't we? At Leeds, but
2: you, you reminded me slightly of the guy on um, the famous "Bloke, come, come dine with me," where he gives the money over and gives a a, a speech
0: to us, saying, <laughs> enjoy,
2: your you "Enjoy your sad money.
0: little
2: life." <laughs> what a sad little life, Aston Villa? It's
0: true, but they, they did a job on us, and I absolutely cannot complain at the job that they've done on us. But they I can't. Can. They can't be happy. Can I mean, they?
2: they didn't. They didn't create the chance they scored, did they? It was. A, it was luck. And it was a bit like the Wolves game, in fact, in that they got lucky to score a goal and then just absolutely killed it.
1: Daft Punk have split up as well, haven't they? The crucial thing um, from the commentary that we were listening to, they said towards the end, they started banging on about, well, this shows Leeds. They struggle, don't they, without Calvin Phillips. But perhaps Aston Villa are proving that they can play without Jack Grealish. I take the fucking opposite from that. They can't fucking play without Jack Grealish because Jack Grealish wasn't there tonight and they fucking didn't. They didn't play. There was nothing. And maybe, I mean, Bielsa, in retrospect, he said in the week, didn't he? I hope Jack Grealish plays. And maybe this is why, because he knew that if Jack Grealish plays, Aston Villa are an attacking team. They've got one player who is very good at playmaking and creativity, not very good at driving, but they've stopped him from doing that. But without him... They turn into that. They put in what was it? It was um, Jacob Ramsey, a nineteen-year-old who he was at Doncaster on loan last year. Who as a as a signal of the the boredom that sums up Aston Villa as a football club before the game? Because I didn't know who this child was. I looked at his Wikipedia page, and about ten minutes before kickoff, it said that um, uh, on the February twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Um, he scored in the, a Premier League match against Leeds United. Oh, ha ha. Not even a joke. It was just, he, let's put let's put it in and pretend he scored. But he didn't even do it in a funny way. And that, <laughs> that the sums best, them up. The best you've got. Exactly. That was the best they've got. And the best that they then have on the pitch without um, Jack Grealish. And no Ross Barkley either. They had the option of having an attacking replacement instead of Jack Grealish. And Ollie Watkins is not. A defensive player. He's got a bit of spark about him, and he he loves diving. We know all these things. That we know that there are there's capabilities in that Aston Villa side to be attacking, but without Grealish, they can't do it. They didn't or don't want to do it. We'll have to um, sit them down later in detention, maybe, and decide which one that is. Is this can't or won't?
0: And the other side of this, and why this is a, again a bit of a grind, is that there's no real consequence to it. You know, we we're basically fine, aren't we, in the league this year and plenty. What's c- problem the charge? Well, that's true, Michael, yes. Um, but there's no real consequence to that tonight. We just kind of
1: go, oh, fine, all right, next one. I think that's what upset me about it as well. There's no real consequences for Aston Villa either. It, not it's gonna... the
0: first. Do you think it's the first end of season feeling one?
1: Well, to, to me, I mean, I know there's prize money at stake for the, the your final position in the Premier League, and particularly with the, the year everyone's had where there's no uh, gate receipts, that's going to be important. So you do it, want to finish. It's
0: Three million quid a place as well, by the way.
1: But does it fucking matter? They're not going to be relegated. They're not going to get into the uh, into Europe. Neither are we. So let's just have a fun game of football instead of grinding. They were in the corners with ten minutes to go.
2: I mean, the goalkeeper was time wasting pretty much from the start of the game because they've got about like ten minutes in there, five minutes or something. And from that point on, he took fucking ages to do everything. Whether it was collecting the ball from behind the goal with the ball, and he spent about twenty seconds with the ball in his hands every time he had it. It was just a bit painful.
1: And I had to put up with you
0: counting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out loud, like an absolute arsehole. But let me just find the tweet that we were sent, but um, it was a person who has pointed out it's the same ref who in Bielsa's first season ref the um, the Birmingham game and allowed them to time waste basically from minute one
1: until until the end. Um, Somebody else tweeted that he gave the um, basketball goal that Nottingham Forest scored against us or we scored against them, whichever way around. I wish I could remember more about that because then it would have sounded... Um, cogent and, and relevant. He's a shit ref, that's what we're saying anyway. He's a shit short ref with his hair's going as well. <laughs> and I think it, it's really that the way he's combed is fringed forward to kind of cover up the fact that he's receding rapidly at the sides when he knows that because every single player, I mean, Jamie Shackleton still got his abduction problem, every single player, so he wasn't there, but he would tower over that little tiny little man and I call him a tiny little man with no uh, wish to insult anybody who is below average height because I think even if that referee was five foot eleven he would be a tiny, tiny, tiny little man, and him and John McGinn should be friends.
2: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Shall we talk about um, Urente's career-ending injury as well? That looked horrific, poor fella. I hope he's all right, etc.
2: The rolly around one, yeah. He got up again though, didn't he? That was There was too there was far too much of that in the game, wasn't there? There was I mean, there is far too much of that in the game. This is where I feel like I'm about two hundred years old, kind of going, It's shit though. And it is shit though to watch, isn't it? It, when, is it? When you see players just taking yeah. it in turns to roll around and you're like, Oh let's all just stop this yeah, eh? and, I
0: mean they were at it a lot and Dean Smith's sides, by and large, as we whenever we face them, have fallen around fallen over a lot. But then if i we've said this before, if the refs buy it, why not do it? You might as well, because if you can get an advantage from doing it, why not? And the fact that we've essentially eliminated the idea of football being a contact sport now, so there's never any needle. like That could have been fun if it had got a little bit tasty, you know, a couple of kicks flying in here and there, a little bit of off-the-ball needle. It gives you something to at least cling on to, doesn't it? Even if it's not the actual, you know, the attacking football, you think, ah, oh, great, good. We're giving, at least we are giving him a bit of a, a boot in. But there's, there's just none of that. It's just, it's like a, a
1: tactical battle of wits now, isn't it? And a lot of it is just shit to watch. Llorente will be told to stop that, though, won't he? We know that, that. I mean, we've seen Saez used to do that kind of thing and it quickly came to a halt and um, it was tweeted, was it Phil or Graham, who heard Bielsa telling saying, no talk to the players, don't talk to the referee. Whereas Dean Smith actively encourages <laughs> this, this kind of thing. So fact. I think, you, you know, you because you don't see any other Leeds players do it. It was all Gurente and I think they'll do quite quickly when they have a review of the game. I think a couple of them will turn them and go like, just, just don't do this stuff. But the general theme you're talking about, I was listening to um, a podcast interview with Simon Stainrod of all people, because I didn't really know much about Simon Stainrod, so I was trying to find out um, who is
0: Simon Stainrod.
1: He played for Terry Venables' QPR in the early '80s and nearly went with him to Barcelona, but then. I, I thought
0: not. this was, was another character from Grange Hill for a second.
1: <laughs> but he was a bit of a flair player, and he was—he was talking about what's gone out of football nowadays and he said that it's it's not that you necessarily want people to be kicked you don't want the old sort of the old styles of football back but exactly what you were saying then that the situations if players do get sent off for that kind of thing or they do you do lose a man through injury and you have to make a substitution of that it becomes a test you've got a problem then that you have to solve you're down to 10 and you're playing against 11 that's interesting something's occurred in the game but because everything's just so kind of mild and everything's very much kind of perfect. The pitch actually should be enjoyed for what it is because it introduces an element of interest into mm. the game. It's
0: an element and, of chaos isn't it?
1: And it's um it's backfired on us this evening because it's responsible for their goal and it was, I mean, I think we can all agree that Bamford after he'd done that little uh, back heel turn and set himself up for a left foot shot that it was going right into the top corner. It was stanchion bound until he slipped. Um, but it's a challenge and now it is a question the, the players have to sort of how, how do we play on this pitch and something a bit more interesting than how do we get through Aston Villa being utterly boring. There was one
0: change going into tonight that was Jackie Haradona who had been relegated to plain old Jack Harrison uh, making way for, for Helda Costa. Uh, how do you think both of them got on both Costa starting and then Jackie Winnie got on finally.
2: They did about as well as each other which is to say about 5 out of 10 each. They were both fine weren't they but not great I mean it didn't it didn't help that whenever we were trying to put crosses in I was saying during the first half whenever we cross it from proper wide positions and we're just whipping it into the box I never think we're going to get on these it's just not our game and they were the positions we were in and we were always crossing it into a box where Aston Villa had five or six players who were bigger than all of our players and it was kind of a waste of time It's, actually, we it's, a, it. it's
0: actually what a lot of teams did to us last year wasn't it was to just park everybody in a really narrow yeah. shape
1: and on the edge of the box and can I do my Costa joke about on, how then. we've seen elder Costa and maybe we should see younger Costa cause he might be better.
0: You did try that during the
1: game and it mm. fell flat
0: then. I, I'm not sure that it was the wisest decision
1: to... Quite, it's it's better than just another coffee one, isn't it? At least it's That's true. You know, It's an original slant on an old horse. That's true. Um, and it was
2: Jackie's cross that set Rafinha up for that chance as well, actually, which he squandered
1: because he's shit. I would kind of I'd give the attacking players... In fact, I'd give our entire team a pass. On that, because we know what why it was so difficult to create anything is because Villa scored early and stopped. And then our defense was fine. Llorente played very well when he was on his feet. Cooper was fine. You can't really fault anybody. Melier saved all those shots from El Ghazi, so that was all right. Um, if Aston Villa had done the game properly, I think we might have scored more goals and our attackers would have looked great, but they didn't play properly. They <laughs> they didn't respect the rules. Um, I feel like we should, yeah, we shouldn't let them play next time because they spoil the game. Let's have a conversation about Tyler
0: Roberts again, who was taken off after an indifferent performance. As you said, Moscow, let's be fair to him, he wasn't the only one. Uh, it's hard to know what to make of him and you can understand why... Bielsa has thrown down the gauntlet to a certain extent by saying he needs to make himself get picked by virtue of his own merits and not just because we've got some injuries because you can't really create an argument on the basis of tonight for putting him
1: in again, can you? With someone like Rodrigo's fit. That was the argument though, kind of as I was saying before, I wouldn't pick any of them. I just play the back four in the next game. So it's, uh, he was, I mean... Was... Yeah, but you're a bit
0: of a fanboy of him, Moscow. Mm. I know that. And, and I, I like to think I'm fairly objective about it. I feel a bit sorry for him, actually. Because there's times when I feel like he's just a tiny bit out of his depth when he just needs that extra half second and you're willing him just to do stuff a bit quicker. If his finishing was
2: better as well, if he just had got three or four goals this year, I think we'd be looking upon his contribution differently. But he just seems to blast it over when he gets the opportunities. And it's he just needs some of those to go in because you can forgive an awful lot if a player scores goals. Mm. And you'd, he just hasn't so far.
1: You'd like to see him in really good form, wouldn't you? Because he never quite finds it. And it feels like if he was in a magic run of form or he was just, you know, he had a few good games in a row, then those shots might start going in. You just get that little bit. I was interested to click on his um, Instagram interview that he did for Soccer Bible, where he gave us a shout out um, for the art in the, and he likes our magazine. And um, one of our other artists, Josh Park, and he did all the Valentine's cards, got a a, a reference as well. And he talked about what Bielsa had improved in him and he said he'd made it everything faster so that bielsa came in he said everything that you do is great and you know it's not like click was nobody up to that point he signed for a bundesliga club it hadn't quite worked out he'd been in the area division he'd been here and he said so you've got to that level but you need to do everything faster and you need to learn how to do everything faster and i think that's tyler roberts is where he's not quite getting there and whether that can be achieved in the under-23s and whether it can be done in murder ball or whether it's something that needs a run of games or whether he's just never going to do it. Not sure, but that's, I think that's the only thing he lacks. And there's almost a a thing if he wasn't playing for Leeds United, because as I said, Matches Clicker had a good career before he came up to Bielsa, but then got to extra heights. Tyler Roberts, maybe if he was playing for a different club that had fewer demands on that kind of intensity and that pace, could stroll around. He'd, He'd improve Aston Villa. Because they had fuck all and the the pace that they played the game at. You don't need to make those, be on those quick decisions, that Rafinha level of of thought. Um, I mean, actually, just to interject there, you mentioned Rafinha
0: and that's reminded me of something. There was a point that he, uh, he did something. It might have been the, I want to say the first half, when the ball came across to him and actually his first touch wasn't to control it, as you would often see Tyler Roberts do. It was to take it inside the man immediately. So immediately he's put the defender on the back foot and then he looks to cut across in the opposite direction. So he's constantly unbalancing the defender. So yeah, I know what you mean. It always feels like Tyler Roberts just, he takes a touch, then he thinks, looks at what's going on around him, and then he plays it. And it's good. it would have been a good ball if it makes it, but he's delayed it just long enough for someone to block it or for the defenders to get back in position. He's not capable at the minute of unsettling people or unbalancing defences. I
2: mean, maybe that's a confidence thing that you know? he doesn't want to try the first time ball or the first t- touch inside a defender because he, if it goes wrong, he then loses it, and it you know, maybe it's maybe he's trying to play it too safe. I don't know.
0: But, yeah, well, when you're a bit when you feel under pressure, you do stop taking as many chances. Don't but then you?
2: he, yeah. but then he often overplays it after that point. Is what I th- is where he goes wrong sometimes. So I don't know. He's fine, isn't he? But yes, think- we, we we probably don't. Truthfully, he needs to improve quite a bit to be in our starting eleven. If we are. Uh, hoping to be better than this in future. That's the the kindest way of saying it. That's
0: the frustrating thing. It feels like at times he's a passenger and he will be until he has the match practice under his belt. But the only way he's going to get that is through playing. And it's just a bit, it's a bit annoying, isn't it? When you've got to sit and watch it and you think, I just will you, willing you to be that little next level up and you're not quite there.
1: It's a funny one. It, It depends as well on our pace of improvement because if we had come up this season... And we were currently like 15th and it was still a question of whether we we were going to be staying in the Premier League for next season. You'd maybe say you'd keep Tyler Roberts and everything would be fine. And the future is we grow with him and we all get better together. But we signed Rafinha and now we've suddenly got this level yeah. of there's a Champions League player in the squad. That's the benchmark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, and that's a challenge, as I was kind of alluding to before that, the, the players who are in the team with him who were first picks like Bamford need to improve to the point where they are getting Rafinha into at least the Europa League. Otherwise Rafinha will fuck off to scum. So there's a challenge for them to improve as well. And it's that's the speed of that is more likely that somebody like Pat Bamford who has got the experience and um has got to the level he's at now where he should be playing for England can go with him and then but it's going to move faster than somebody like Tyler Roberts is perhaps going to be able to move, unless, as I keep going back to, you know, he is only twenty-two, and there might still be a, a route. I mean, Bamford was twenty-five before he came to Leeds after he'd spent, his, you know, Sean Dyche ruining his life. So there is always hope for everybody. Well, that is um,
0: one thing to say, isn't it? Because that that was the same frustration that we had with Bamford last year, and we were thinking, just hit it there, don't take that extra touch, and actually. He stepped up brilliantly and has shown that he's capable of it. And that's the thing that I think that's been surprising about Bamford is that he has just levelled up like over the course of the summer. Maybe it was always naturally in him to do that. And that's, I guess, like you said, Moscow, it's the point we're at with Roberts is where we need to find out, can he take that step up? And
2: I mean, that's Bielsa's job and I'm sure I trust him to know whether he can look at a player. I mean, famously before coming to Leeds, took one look at Calvin Phillips and Liam Cooper and Stuart Dallas and said, yes, these are all Brilliant players in the championship. He can he'll be doing the same with, with Robertson. If if he's moved on at the end of the season, I trust that. If he's kept on at the end of the season equally, I trust that.
1: But I would also go back to what I think we were talking about on the the main podcast where if he did get rid of him at the end of the season, how much are you paying for a player to replace him? And so it is um the the player who comes in would have to be, in my mind, the replacement for Rodrigo for when he's that we need a better player than him. Otherwise, if he's going to be back up for Rodrigo next season when Rodrigo is fit, then we may as well keep Tyler Roberts if he's happy to stay mm. because he's adequate at this level and might improve. Um, but then again, you look at someone like Elise at
0: Reading and if we have targeted him, as the rumours seem to suggest, he does look like a next level up. He's capable of carrying and he's a lot faster in his reactions. So, I mean, And that's, you know, it's only from YouTube. So
1: caveat there. Um, there will be better players than Tyler Roberts that we could sign, but, you know, there is a, a budget mm. uh, that you have to put on that and so it's whether can we is it a priority to find a better player than Tyler Roberts who is going to play 15 games a season when somebody else is out or do we spend that money on a replacement for I don't want to replace any of them I like them all too <laughs> much maybe Janny the left yeah. back yeah put all the money on the left back and then um, and another never sell like
2: and, and potentially someone we've not talked about a Calvin replacement as well because Strike again Yeah, it didn't really work, I don't think.
0: No, no, it doesn't, does it? Uh, All right, then. Well, heroes and villains. Should we do a couple? Villains? Uh, Literally, villains. All of them. The whole whole thing.
2: John McGinn in particular, um, just annoying. Thought he wanted to, it seemed to be more interesting refereeing the game than actually playing in it.
1: He's got that face where you see it on people who've been thrown out of Wetherspoons and they can't believe it. They feel like it's the gravest injustice. I didn't
2: do anything. Just throwing a pint of piss across the bar and like, so, throw me out for that. Yeah, I can't believe
1: I, like, I come here all the time. I Can't believe you throw me out for that. It's particularly the one in the corner when Click kind of nudged him on the shoulder and he went down and he just looked at the grass and it was as if it was as if some grave injury had been done to him and he was in shock. It's like I can't believe this. What's happened to me. referee? Somebody's got. A, I need an ambulance here when there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. And Matt Target can be nominated specifically mm-hmm. as well because he's another horrible-looking bastard. Is he Dean
2: Smith's son? They've both got similarly <laughs> awful,
0: gingery faces. Are you thinking Prince Harry and what's his face? James Duda. What, Prince Harry and Dean Smith had a baby? No, I was, I was thinking... I, I, <laughs> I know I, what you mean. I, I don't want to make the claim on, a, on the recording just in case the royal family are listening. It would be a major hey, scandal. Because William is a Villa fan, so he might want to listen and see what we've been saying.
2: I'm sure he, I'm sure he is listening. Do you think it's a
0: bit of a stretch?
2: I'd say so, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, target was horrible and should have been. Um, I mean, that arm through the back of Pablo Hernandez's head, and then Pablo got the booking for. It. And also, we were watching. Um, we we travelled abroad to watch <laughs> to watch the game, yes. and the commentator on who kept calling Hernandez Pablo. Not you, mate. Don't call him that, mm-hmm. Pablo. With the shots. no, it was Hernandez. We can call him Pablo because we know him. Mm. Niche grievance, I feel, but any heroes? Uh, Bill's hair. <laughs> yeah. Rafinha's feet. Uh Melier's face.
2: Lorente did did pretty well and didn't get injured again, as far as we know.
1: Mm, but that rolling around does that. I mean he's risking it, isn't he? He's gonna hurt himself, if nothing else, especially on that pitch. He'll pitch. he'll fall he'll fall into it. The pitch point. can be
2: a villain as well. Mm. What we, what we played on it, a few hours, fucked. Absolutely <laughs> fucked. <laughs>
1: Only till the end of the season. It what, does
2: what is it underneath that, pit? Is it just pure clay?
1: Witches. I've said this before, the the well in the southwest corner is just filled with witches and children's nightmares. And I think that's um that's gonna be the main challenge. It's not uh, replacing the drainage that's such a problem in the summer. It's um opening Pandora's box that's gonna be the <laughs> it's the main situation. It is the
0: northwest corner, the well. Yes. You said southwest. So bollocks to you, you're a villain.
1: Shall should, should we go now? <laughs> Well, yeah. Don't take don't take this out on me.
2: Let's go and not watch match of the day. It'll be the last game on match of the day, probably anyway, because now it happened in it,
1: and we
0: don't even have to watch match of the day next week because we're at the Monday game, aren't we? Stupid football. Be all right though. Right, we'll be back with well, probably another podcast before too long. We'll speak to you then. See you in a bit. The Matchball.
2: Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered.